You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Good evening, everyone. I can't tell you how lovely it is to be able to see and hear you as part of tonight's service. As you know, we'd hope to be in St. James's streaming live services, but for obvious reasons, that's not possible. Until then, these Zoom services will bring that sense of connectedness that we've not had so far. It will also allow you to see that we aren't perfect. Um, That is all down to Lily's clever editing. And so we have looked incredible over the last few months. Uh, Be prepared that there will be some um, gaps, pauses, some confusion, certainly from my point of view. Um, Just bear with us and it'll be a little bit more like being back in church. So welcome. Welcome, especially if you're joining us for the first time or you're fairly new to Northern Lights MCC. We are part of a worldwide community that celebrates God's love for every single human being. Tonight we celebrate the Lord's baptism. 30 years have passed and the newborn child whose birth we celebrated just days ago is now a grown man, called to the waters of the Jordan to be baptized by John and confirmed with the Holy Spirit as the Son of God. Tonight's first reading read by Isabel, speaks of God as a loving parent, calling out to Israel as a rebellious child to come close and to be nurtured by God. And in the gospel read by Anna, that invitation is made to all of us, baptised and anointed by the Holy Spirit, shared by Jesus. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who was baptized in the River Jordan, filled by your Holy Spirit and revealed as your beloved son. We ask your blessing on all of us gathered here before you and those we carry in prayer. May we grow accustomed to your presence May we feel secure in your promise that you will never leave or forsake us. Let the security, let the majesty of God be the light that guides us. The compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us. And the presence of the Spirit be the strength that empowers us now and always. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Hosea, chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. 
I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt and Assyria shall be their king because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Admar? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And the voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. May the Lord guide the meditations of my mind and the words of my lips and grace all our hearts, that we may hear God speak to each of us. Amen. I'm not inviting hecklers, but could you unmute your mics for me, if you feel able? All will become apparent a little bit later on. I'd like to share with you Rembrandt's famous painting of the return of the prodigal son. The first thing to note is that it's inside. The parable, you'll remember, has the father running out to meet his wayward son. So why is it set inside? Well, at its more simple interpretation, it's home. And this is all about homecoming. The young son is welcomed back into the very heart 
of the family. It's been suggested that the deeper meaning is that it represents our longing for our spiritual home. Look at the light. It emanates from the father onto his kneeling son. It's reflected in the face of his eldest son, who stands tall and rigid outside of the main square, looking on. If you look at the top of the father's head and follow the shape from the shoulders down to the hands, it forms a heart shape. This is where love this is where welcome, acceptance, forgiveness reside. To look at the father's face, he is old. And it's been suggested that the way Rembrandt painted his eyes, that he's blind. When we look with our eyes, as the older brother does, we judge external physical things. When we look with our hearts, we understand more compassionately and we can forgive and understand more easily. Also, if you look at the father's hands, they're different. One is a male hand, another female. The young son is loved with a father's and a mother's love. The young son is kneeling in clothes and shoes that are so worn and dirty that they are literally dropping off him. And his shaved head, well, it's been suggested that it represents victims of the Holocaust, addicts, victims of AIDS. What is very interesting is, and we all know the parable, that he was so hungry he would have eaten pig's swill, which for a Jew is lower than low. And yet, if you look very, very carefully at his side, he is wearing a dagger, a very expensive dagger. It was a custom to present a son with a dagger. It was a sign of who he he is. And despite losing everything and sinking so low that he was prepared to eat with pigs, the young son holds on to, the young son clings to his birthright. Yes, he feels his selfishness and greed has lost the luxury and the privilege his name afforded. But he has never, ever given up his name. I could go on exploring the symbolism in the painting, and I would suggest that if you ever get time, read the book that's based on it, that will come to, and spend some time in meditation yourselves. I'd rather like to talk about the two people who were forever a part of this painting itself. Well, the painter, Rembrandt, he was born in 1606 in the Netherlands. He came to paint this picture at the end of his life. 
the father is based on himself. It's a self-portrait. There's a strong romanticized myth about Rembrandt's life and his paintings. But what is certain is that at the end of his life, having lost his wife and all his children except one, this is a meditation of love, forgiveness, acceptance and home. You see as an old man looking back on his life, how those values, those qualities become so important and tinged perhaps with regret. The other person I'd like to mention is the one who was responsible for bringing this painting and its deeper spiritual meaning to millions of people, Henry Nguyen. He too was born in the Netherlands in 1932. He was ordained a Catholic priest. And to better understand the people he was supporting and his own faith, he studied psychology and received his doctorate. He lectured for over 20 years in pastoral care. He was known as an incredible speaker, a teacher, a preacher, but he struggled with what it was to be human. He spoke very powerfully about loneliness, depression, self-doubt. In his biography, called The Wounded Prophet, his journals were published and he spoke of his battle with his sexuality, the deep longing to be loved and the tensions and hardships, balancing that with his vow of celibacy. On seeing the picture of the prodigal son, he became transfixed by it, scaring museum staff by returning every day at 9 a.m. and sitting staring at it, meditating until the museum closed at five. Extra security was put on because they were convinced he was planning a heist. He published his reflections in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, a story of homecoming. He sees himself in each of the three figures at different parts of his life and with the ultimate goal of coming to God in heaven and to be welcomed as a weary traveler. For him, the painting sums up the ministry of Jesus. Lost and separated from God, it is Jesus who goes out wandering to bring each one of us back to that loving relationship with a father our mother, one who is waiting to welcome us. I share the painting and the background to the two men because today, as we celebrate Jesus' baptism, we too are invited to reflect on our Christian discipleship. No, more than that, we are asked to reflect on our relationship with God the Father, with God the Mother, who through her son invites us into the family, the communion that is God, creator, son, and Holy Spirit. 
Where are you in the picture? We may move from person to person as we get older, as, Am as Rembrandt did himself. The son, Henry Nguyen suggests, is Jesus himself, stripped of his Godhead, fully human, betrayed, tortured, put to death, the one who carries our weaknesses, our sins, our brokenness, who carries us back to his father to receive that loving embrace, to bring us home. Are we the ones standing outside that place of love, looking on with deep longing, but held back by fear, hurt, or maybe even doubt that we are lovable or forgivable as we are, who we are. Standing there, have we allowed bitterness to creep into our hearts and lives? Each one of us is called to reflect the father, the mother creator, who looks at the heart and forgives the wrong done unto us. Harry Newham found that home, that total acceptance and that sharing of love here on earth at the Lache community in France. It's one of a number of communities around the world where people with disabilities live alongside those without or maybe less obvious disabilities. He found peace and fulfillment in caring for others and he later became the pastor to one of the communities in Canada where he went and he stayed there until he went to his true home in heaven. Our theme tonight, called to a new life in a chaotic world, invites us to reflect deeply on our faith and how we live it. In our Christian calling, in our baptism, we are given a name, a dignity that is not represented by a knife, but by a cross. A dignity, a life that cannot be taken away by our failures or our mistakes. Our place is already prepared. Should we have the humility and the faith to take it and to act on it? For me, MCC reflects that place of acceptance, of welcome, of love. Let us, as we begin a new year, recommit ourselves to following Jesus and our service to our brothers, sisters and siblings throughout the world. I'd like to invite each of you to reaffirm your faith and to commit and your commitment to Northern Lights MCC. There's no pressure, you don't have to take part, but if you would like to, the response is, I do. God is always present. God loves and accepts everyone unconditionally. Jesus offers everyone chances for a new life and hope, especially to those on the edge of society. His life is an important example to follow. 
the Holy Spirit moves in different ways, such as inspiring, challenging and healing us and deepening our relationship with God. Faith gives us strength, hope and meaning through good times and bad. The Bible is there to inspire and guide. It is not a rule book and can be read with love, compassion and questioning. Church should be a safe home for all people. We welcome diversity and believe it brings strength. We believe that ministry is open to everyone and through it, people develop their gifts. Worship is a two-way communication between people and God, expressed in different ways. It should be inclusive and bring people together. And so if you feel able, the response to each is, I do. Do you agree with the broad outline of faith you have just heard? I do. Do you believe God has called you to become a member of his church? I do. I do. Do you promise to support the work of God in his church to the best of your ability, with your time, your talents and your finances? I do. I do. Do you promise to care for the people who make up this church and to engage in practical service and prayer to support others? I do. I do. May God hold you and breathe into you the life-giving spirit. May God befriend you, cherish you and challenge you and draw you near in freedom. May Jesus go with you and may you be with him always and everywhere. And may you too embody in this world the redeeming love of God. Amen. Thanks, everyone. We're now going to um, ask Emma to lead us in prayer. I'm going to begin our prayers tonight by lighting a candle in remembrance of all of those lost to HIV and an acknowledgement of the work done by those researching and working to eradicate it. Loving God, we come before you today in prayer, bringing to you our troubles and our hopes. In love and faith, we know that you see all and know all, and that you are holding us close in your protection. This week we have seen fear, violence and unrest in America, where five people lost their lives and many more were affected by the riots that were driven by hate. We pray for wisdom and loving guidance to find a place in the hearts of those who are consumed by fear, anger and hate. We pray also for strength and peace for the loved ones of those who were lost in the Indonesian plane crash. You've taken those who died into your arms and you've given them perfect peace forever. 
In our city, we continue with a lockdown and we pray for all who continue to be affected by COVID-19 here and worldwide. Within our church community, we ask for the warm healing balm of your love to settle on us all and in our hearts, in the hearts of our sisters, our brothers and siblings. In particular, today we pray for Val, who has been poorly. Please send your love and healing. We also pray for Kelly, who's having a difficult time, but is finding comfort in your love and care. God of love and light, you sent your spirit down upon your son Jesus at his baptism. We ask for your spirit to come to us so that we may be filled with the courage and strength to live as Jesus has taught us. You inspire us and refresh our weary bodies, our minds and our hearts. As we remember the baptism of Jesus and the ever-present hope that we have for a new beginning each day, we pray for a church that reaches out and shares this beautiful message of hope with everybody who needs to hear it, not just those who find it easy to hear. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I now invite you all to share with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's sing our grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. My friends, go with the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.com dot org dot u